This week on the Mandatory Samson Podcast, we're talking about ISIS propaganda machine, a little bit of Donald Trump's nonsense, some San Bernardino updates, and a whole lot more. Joe, you excited about it? Yes, I am. <laughs> Stay tuned. You are now checked in to Stand Up New York Labs. Oh, yeah. Very serious. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from where, Joey? Stand up in New York. Labs, in the heart of New York City. Hi, everyone. My name is Chris Flannery. I'm joined, as always, by Joseph Anthony Noe, the 16th. The third, actually. The third. We're also being produced by the sweetest, gentlest producer in all the land, Shelby. <laughs> uh, great. Um, hi, everyone. Welcome to the program. We have some updates, some developments, some interesting stuff about the ISIS propaganda machine, which I was talking about last week. Yes. Very interesting stuff. A 2016 update, including a little bit about Donald Trump and his shenanigans over the last week. Yeah, he's uh, been quite busy. Yeah, it's not... We'll get into it. It's not It's not. A, it's not even like amusing anymore. The guy's just a, an animal, but we'll get into it a little bit later on in the show. And if we have time, I got a great clip uh, from Jon Stewart's Daily Show return and maybe a little bit of a UFC 194 preview. Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo. I doubt we're going to have time. I'll be honest with the Samsonites. Started a little late today. The studio is packed. People are recording all day, so this might have to be just like a tight hour and we have to get out, but we'll see what happens. We'll see how much we get through. All right? Yep. First, Joey, I wanted to say this. Happy belated birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Your birthday was on Monday. You turned 30 years old. How's it feel? Feels fantastic. <laughs> That's all you got to say? That's great. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just it's just a number, my friend. It's just a number. All right. I like your attitude. Um, I got a couple of shout outs and emails. You want to do this? Yes. Shout outs to Michael. He emailed. He said he's a fan of the show. He wanted some stickers. Thank you, Michael. We appreciate it. Your stickers will be uh, in the mail within a week. I told everybody. Okay. You know, I'm a little little slow to get that stuff out there, but I'll do it. I promise you'll be getting the stickers. Shout out to Mikkel or Michael or Mikkel. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's Norwegian. I'm a dumb American. I don't know. Hmm. It is what it is, but I got your email. I appreciate it. Sending you stickers and shout out to Jason. Another got another email from him. He wanted stickers. They're nice. on their way. I also want to shout out to Natty Bo on Snapchat. He uh, sent me a snap today. He was watching the or listening to the Mandatory Samson podcast with his mom in the car. Wow, with his mom. Nice. Yeah, and he said she's becoming a Samsonite, which is great. We appreciate that. Spread the word, spread the love, and, you know, let your loved ones enjoy us over the holidays. Nice. Uh, got some emails. You ready to do this? Yep. We'll get to the emails, then we'll get into this stuff. Th- this ISIS stuff I have is very interesting. Yes. It's really good. And it also, because little Joe Harari, uh, God bless him, when I was talking to him today, he can't be here because he works at another place, but you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But he was like, did you see the new ISIS video today? It's scary, blah, blah. Another one came out today? Yeah, they're putting out a lot of videos, but the reason why they're putting out the videos is because they have a whole media division that's in charge of propaganda and stuff that we're going to get into in a little while. It's uh, exciting stuff. Yes, it is. Jesus Christ, Joey. All right. Uh, we got an email from Ian. He says, hey, Chris and Joey, I wanted to write in as I'm currently listening to this week's episode, which was last week, uh, which was called Bullets for Everyone. 
Uh, and wanted to comment on an email that one of my fellow Samsonites sent in about using the term radical Islamic terrorism. I thought the discussion you guys had about it was great. Well, thank you. Of course. Yes. <laughs> uh, I've also seen Bill Maher talk about this term, and I like the way he frames his argument for using the term by saying that though not all Muslim people are terrorists, their misconstrued depiction of their religion is what fuels their actions. Yeah, it's part of the equation, definitely. Yes. It's silly to take the religion out of it if that's, you know... We, we've gotten into it. While I agree, while I agree with Ali's email, and that's who he's talking about, the fellow Samsonite, uh, that we need to be more careful using this term. I think the religious background of these terrorist attacks is something we need to keep in mind. To be brutally honest, if we're going to call the terrorist attacks in Paris radical Islamic terrorism, I feel that we also have to call the recent Planned Parenthood attacks radical Christian terrorism. Terrorism fueled by religion should be treated the same across the board, no matter the religion. I'd love to hear more about what you guys think about this. Well, great email, yeah, and mm-hmm. I think we, I do think that we got into that a little bit last week. I agree with you. I think that the the guy that is attacking the Planned Parenthood because he doesn't want to see any more baby parts, and he's, um, you know, I mean, obviously that that's a, a, a fundamental Christian kind of attitude. Yeah, he's a Christian terrorist, absolutely. Yes. However, the term is not going to be used because several news sources that doesn't fit into the narrative. Sure, and I, Fox News, is that what you're talking about? What's interesting is that they, on Fox, will say that there's a war on Christianity and there's a war on Christmas and all this stuff. But interestingly, why, like, why, why wouldn't they call it? You know, there's, you're, I'm trying to make, I'm agreeing with your yes. point. There's going to be a ton of organizations that are not going to call it Christian terrorism. Why? Because if there was really a war on Christianity, they'd be all over it. And people would be jumping mm-hmm. down their throat to, to call it that. But they're not. Um, and also with that term, politicians are not going to use that term either. No, but they will. Especially if they like to tout that they're Christians. Certainly Republican politicians are not going to use that phrase. I highly doubt that most Democrats are going to use that. Of course, they're not going to either because they, you know, they tend to be more respectful of religion generally, even though I feel like people who are liberal are probably less likely to be religious, which is a kind of doesn't make any sense but um again the 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 question is not should we call it that like it is definitely that that's not really the argument the argument is does it make a difference and that was sort of ali's point in her email last week why why bother even saying radical islamic terrorism radical christian terrorism you could say a kkk member an isis member a whatever anti-abortion crusader sympathizer whatever it is you know so that's sort of the argument but i I don't have a problem calling anything what it is you know again we got into it last week you got to try to separate and then that's what he said like Mm -hmm. you you have to be able to separate all muslims from terrorists you have to also be able to separate all christians from guys that are going to go into a planned parenthood and shoot people yes so anyway he also says on a totally separate note i heard chris mention that the xbox one on this week's show i'm thinking about getting one how do you feel about it i'm torn between getting that or the ps4 thanks ian i answered him i gave him like a longer uh point of view on that it depends mm-hmm. on what games you're playing honestly i like to play nhl uh, games and Halo. So that's why Xbox works for me. It's mm-hmm. really good. What, what do you think, Joe? I was going to say, hands down, PlayStation 4. So, yeah. And everyone's waiting for that game, Kingdom Hearts 3. Sure. I've never, I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. So anyway. They do. Trust me. They the, the, do. They, everybody knows what's going on. Okay. Uh, Ian, thank you for the email. We appreciate it. Let us know what uh, game system you end up getting. We got an email from Tanner. Hey, Chris and Joey. 
I finally got around to sending you guys my couple questions about minimum wage. Oh, very good. This is something he goes, I know that this topic was discussed a few weeks back, but I figured other people might have had the same question. And I think probably that's reasonable. I'll read his question. We'll go, we'll, you know, we'll hit it quick because we've yes. talked about it, but it's a, a fair question. If minimum wage is raised to, let's say, $15 or even $12, wouldn't that have really bad consequences on businesses that pay their employees over minimum wage? I live in Washington State and work for a decent-sized bread company. I wonder which <laughs> bread company that is. You get yeah, it, Joey? Yeah, I got it. I, he didn't, I don't know what it is. I don't think I'm it just, is. Okay. What do you think it is? Oh, I don't know bread companies. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> that has grown into a few nearby states and is pretty successful. I get paid fourteen fifty an hour as a full-time employee. If the minimum wage was boosted all the way to $15, then what would keep me from working an easy job like bussing tables? Uh, first of all, okay, whatever. I mean, whether it's an easy job or not, fine. I don't, uh, to that point, I don't necessarily think that people are... Sure, a percentage of people might do that. I don't think that's going to be like a rampant thing. I don't think people are just going to quit their job because they're like, fuck, I can work a lot easier and, and make like 60 more cents, a dollar more. You Doing know, this. Yeah, I don't know. I don't necessarily know if that that type of jump. Now, maybe if you're making $7 an hour doing something, uh, you know, or eight, nine dollars at at one job, and then it gets raised to fifteen. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you do switch. I, I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. not really something I can speak to. But it's a possibility. I don't necessarily know how much that would that would actually factor in. The company would then have to raise their wages to keep the employees from leaving for easier work. I don't know. I can't even imagine smaller private-owned businesses. Big corporate companies could afford it because they are cash crop schemes. But when the margins on a, a private small scale, it's insane. Uh, what that would do to companies. Thanks for the entertainment and education for the podcast. I listen every week while I'm working and it definitely stimulates the mind while doing mindless work. Keep it up. Well, good. I'm really glad yes. to hear that. The, gotcha. the interesting thing about that is in regards to the company increase and like paying more to keep the employees, right. it depends what the cost of training new employees would be if those employees were to leave. Sure. That's a fact. Yes, that's definitely a factor. Right. So there's a few things that go into it. Like I, I tried to do a little research and like in Seattle where they did raise it to 15. Right. In some cases it's working out, but in some others it's not as with anything. The restaurant industry apparently is a lot of places are closing up now because they can't afford to pay the workers so much. Because as with everything, there's like you would divide up what you would make. 30% for food, 30% for labor and so you have it but in some cases it it's increasing what the cost of labor is too much and they can't afford it right so they're closing down yeah and again well, uh, great i mean uh, you're absolutely right i mean p- and again we, we talk about this a lot part of the equation is if people were getting some kind of benefit in terms of health insurance or you know other kinds of compensation compensation then you would the burden would not have to necessarily be on um the 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 business yes. to have to pick up the slack which is the whole problem that is why the the minimum wage is is well first of all the minimum wage has not been tied to inflation all you know all along so people have been losing out on wages that rightfully they probably should have been getting this whole time so mm-hmm. the jump from wherever the minimum wage is to $15 seems huge at this point but if it had been done gradually over time it's like of course that's how yeah. it would be i also think that there's something to be said about then if the minimum wage gets raised i think they're it's reasonable to assume that bigger businesses or whatever are going to have to raise their wages also. You know, it's, it's because we've gotten into a situation with the global economy and things like this. And of course it doesn't affect small business exactly the same way, Mm -hmm. but we've gotten into a point where like higher end jobs 
salaries have increased or kind of stayed at a, at a, at a livable wage and people on the lower ends of the spectrum that are working, maybe minimum wage jobs or whatever, those haven't increased at all and actually have gone down over time in, in some cases because labor is cheaper in other parts of the world. So, it, you know, look, I mean, it, it's not an ideal situation. I think people, again, the, the base for me is no matter what, and I'm acknowledging you're absolutely right. There's going to be, you know, some kind of trade-offs. If you yes. raise the minimum wage, there's going to be problems. Definitely. The the thing is, at the heart of it all, if you're going to work full-time, you should be able to live off that money. It shouldn't be that – because then the burden is going right back to government and taxes and all that stuff. And providing for the individual. Yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, so if a, if a business can't afford seven employees, maybe they can only afford five employees – I know that sucks because then people are going to be unemployed. Potentially, they have to look for another another job. But had this been done all along, they would have never hired that seventh, sixth, and seventh employee. They to would begin have, with, right? They would have known. Well, we can only afford five because that is the amount of people that we can pay a living wage. You know what I mean? And and again, I think small business does bear the brunt of a lot of this stuff. But it is incumbent on larger corporations. Certainly, McDonald's, like McDonald's, is a huge corporation. It's not a small business, but they are, they still have a, an army of um, minimum wage employees. Yes. That's where the change has to has to come. And I think you'd probably see you, you could you could probably work it out where like privately owned like eight person, five person, three person small businesses, they can maybe get some kind of voucher or whatever. A subsidy maybe. Yeah. Whereas McDonald's doesn't need that. McDonald's can just make five hundred million dollars less a year or whatever it's gonna cost. You know what I mean? That's yeah. if they want to be this massive corporation, then do the do the work of the massive corporation and, and don't then throw the um the burden back onto government, you know? Nice. All right. You got anything else to say about that? No. All right. Uh thank you everybody for the emails. Thank you uh for the sticker requests. If you guys want stickers, just email us mandatory sampson gmail dot com. Um I only have like eight hundred and eighty eight left, so you have a few. Act quickly. Yeah. No, just let me you know, give me your address and I'll uh, I'll send you some stuff. Okay. You ready to get into this, Joey? Yes. Uh this is something that I wanted to bring up. We don't have to get into like the specific details of it too much, but this is just something that I wanted to bring up to point out something that I think is a typically a conservative point of view um, about the free market and like how we should just let the free market do its thing and be free. It'll work everything out because the more there's a free market, um, there's more competition and there's more choice and things like that. This flies directly in the face of that. This is always something that I think is a long game thought to have. And I think it's just worth putting out there. So Dow chemical and DuPont, are talking about merging. Okay. The two chemical giants are rumored to be in deep merger talks, which could result in a $120 billion super corporation uh-huh. that could then break up into different businesses owned by this massive corporation. You think they would break it up into small well, businesses? Well, that's what they're talking about because it would probably just be unmanageable as far as being able to manage all of the... Because t- each of them have a ton of subsidiary companies that are that kind of operate themselves okay. but are under the larger umbrella of Dow Chemical or DuPont, things like that. Gotcha. But still, nonetheless, they're owned by those companies. So even though they might be called Joey Noe Chemical Company, Joey Noe Chemical Company is a subsidiary of Dow Chemical. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're still working under the same, um, whatever, same umbrella. This is the inevitable this is what i wrote to myself the the reason i bring this up is this is the inevitable result of free market capitalism no choice the argument is always if you let business kind of go unregulated let the market figure things out 
eventually that's going to help consumers because of the healthy competition. Products will get better and people will have more options and, and the ability to get better products. The problem becomes once these corporations start getting so big that they either swallow up the little ones or join forces, mm-hmm. you're left with no choice. Eventually, yes. you're talking about a situation you know, with chemical companies where you're only going to be able to get from Monsanto or whatever this Dow DuPont merger is going to be called. Same thing in like uh, cable. Yes. It's like that Verizon, all these media companies. There's six now or there's four now. Eventually Pepsi is going to own Coke or Coke is going to own Pepsi and you're going to be able to buy soda from the soda company. You know what I mean? That's, that is the kind of irrational thing i think that people people uh, assume about the the free market that that's not going to happen eventually long term yeah it, eventually it comes to be like a utility where there's only one provider of sure. such thing which is never a good thing mm. or it can be a good thing yeah i wouldn't say if never. it's regulated right but you can't have that much regulation in the free market right well yeah and then i mean essentially then it's too late like i would hate it if time warner cable owned everything because they're terrible i hate them i like verizon but i also don't think the verizon should own everything either it's the same idea with the banks when bernie sanders is talking about breaking up the big banks yeah because they become this bohemian i mean obviously there's some differences there because they're directly tied to you know the the economy of the united states Mm -hmm. and they can ruin the country but once they get to a point where they're eating up all the smaller companies or slightly smaller companies that are just these bohemians what are you supposed to do about it then? It's very, very difficult to put regulation on them. And even if you can, what option do you have? You can either, it's either be in the system or be out of the system. There's no smaller alternative like this. We're talking about small businesses. There's no going to be no such thing as a small business chemical company. You know what I mean? Or you just prevent them from merging. Well, and that's the thing, you know, if you read into it, they, there are things in place that should logically probably keep this from happening, but they, it won't keep it from happening. You know, it's going to require s- several countries to, to okay this. They'll get the okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they have the money. They have the influence to be able to do this. They know stuff. somebody who can pass it along. Yeah. It's just interesting. You understand what I'm saying. It's just interesting yes. from that point of view. Uh, anecdotally, I went to, uh, when I was in Disney a couple of years ago, I went to Florida. We went to Celebration Disney, mm-hmm. which is the town in florida that disney owns yeah that's right disney owns Owns a a town yeah if you want to be creeped out (laughs) go uh go look up celebration disney pretty much you go there and it looks like a a classic white picket fence movie set that you go into and what's even crazier but it's it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. parts of it obviously because it's owned by disney but you go to the town area and you're not going to see brands really you'll see maybe a starbucks or whatever but you go to the movie theater and it's not like an AMC or whatever it is. It just it's like the movie theater because Disney owns the town. Yeah. So they have no reason to put Disney in it. Yeah. To put Disney in it, to have any kind of advertising. That to me is like what would happen with something like this. Because instead of it calling calling a Dow Chemical or whatever, it's just like the Chemical, company. chemical company. Right. The, do, the cable company. Do you think that Disney Town is going to update for Star Wars? No, it's not. It's not an amusement park. People live there. Yeah, I know, but still, I think it would be pretty cool. I mean, it'd be, that would be. I mean, I would consider moving there probably if they were just going to like theme it all the time. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting that it has like Disney, like Celebration University, and like all this. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting. You guys should go check it out. Uh, but anyway, but that's just what that that reminded me of. Okay, you ready to move on from that? Yes. Do you, you get my? You understand what yes. I'm saying with that? You think that was worth bringing up? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. I appreciate your support. I love you. Because you, and not only that, but you can see in other fields where either companies or 
merging with other companies or they're creating a smaller workforce a lot of companies are doing the the cutbacks oh absolutely oh well, i mean there's gonna be there's gonna be cuts for sure when these companies merge but they're also then gonna swallow up smaller groups that can then do the work for che- you know it's like it's always yes. about trying to find the cheapest way to do something because you make more money and one might even argue if you only have that one chemical company how how would individuals get enough capital to even open up a new small business to compete with it. Yeah, 100%. It becomes a monopoly. Right. It becomes extremely monopolistic. Great point. And on top of that, if we're putting all the, re- like I'm saying we, but if all the resources for, and obviously this isn't the case immediately, but maybe down the road that's the case. If all the resources in the chemical industry are pretty much going to one business, the the odds of somebody creating some kind of alternative uh product is it's slim you have to rely on that one business which is then again why they don't get regulated you know mm-hmm. uh all right front national and france regional elections far right this is now the reason i bring this up is because this is obviously a reaction to the paris terrorist yes. attacks which we said there's going to be dominoes falling because of this that are going the attack is bad the deaths are bad the response is going to be what just really, as bad well, it could be worse, but it determines it's good. You know, that that is going to determine how bad the attack was. Far right party headed by Marine Le Pen won 28 percent of the nationwide vote while taking the top spot in six out of 13 mainland French regions. The final vote takes place in December 13th, and the 28 percent that the uh, Front National got is the highest ever poll score they've ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, Front National is anti-immigration, anti-European, meaning, you know, they want to kind of be isolationist, and hardline on Islam, security, and national identity. Sound like uh, Donald Trump, anyone? It does. It sounds quietly together. You, you think they're in cahoots? No, I don't think they're in cahoots. I, I, I wrote something, if you'll indulge me. I, I, I was on the bus the other day, and I was thinking about this because I saw this article, and then I, I just wrote like a quick thing about it. This is my thought about it, essentially. Now, I want to say, again, this is a tangible first real reaction, other than like bombing and things like that, politically and in society, to the, the attacks. So we'll see what happens. Obviously, December 13th, we'll keep our eye on it. But it's a tangible thing. These are my thoughts on it. Liberalism is always tenuous. Right-wing, fear-driven ideology are the default, in my opinion, meaning in general society, the way that, like, kind of governments work. I think, right, like I always say, we're a, cons- a, r- a conservative, kind of like right-wing nation, right-leaning. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the default ideology. You're always fighting against reverting back to the right. People seem only willing to entertain equality and social welfare as long as they're not scared. And as soon as they are scared, authoritarian, overbearing ideas roar back. That's why you need to take full advantage of peaceful or less fearful times. Bad ideas prosper in times of fear, like we're always talking about. Disaster capitalism, capitalizing on a tragedy, all that stuff. And there are always going to be people who capitalize in those moments. Ironically, the only way to combat hateful ideas is with empathy. You can drop bombs and reject refugees and talk, talk tough all you want, but the long game must be empathy and education and infrastructure. If people are comfortable and they have a road to drive on that gets them to the school for their kids and they can drink water when they're home and take a shower and do all that stuff, they're way less likely to want to go shoot up the Bataclan in Paris. That's just a reality. and We can pretend it's not, but it is. The problem is, and this is why terrorism is such a big issue, aside from the obvious death toll, fear derails the long play that we desperately need to win an ideological battle. That's what we're in. We're not in a an actual ground war. There are 
places where that is the case, but the United States is not actually. And neither even is though, France. And, and neither is France. Just because they got attacked by a, a handful of lunatics, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are in a war. No, you're not. You're in an ideological battle. And that is only going to be won over the course of time and not with fear, fear logic. It's going to be won with empathy, being able to, obviously you don't go, oh, I feel terrible for those terrorists that attacked us. No, they're bad people that something went wrong there and they're a problem. However, you have to be able to separate from that emotion and go, why did they do it? Is it because they just hate France? No, there's there's obviously a strategy that we talked about with ISIS yes. where they're trying to separate the West from Muslim from Muslims around the world to try to like create a state. That's why they're called Islamic State. And there's a whole bunch of other factors. The fact that people feel isolated and whatever. It's all about taking a step back and realizing why what can we do to prevent this? It doesn't matter if we're gonna yell, we're gonna wipe them off the face of the earth. We're gonna do all stuff. Great. But it doesn't how, do anything. No, you're not going to, first of all. How are you actually going to do it? That's that's my, did you, you, what. You what do you think about that? You got any thoughts about the? Uh, first of all, is far right or right wing kind of the norm? I, I think, and you're kind of always fighting against that. Uh, I, I think the norm for the most part today would be more moderate than anything, unless if you do have an attack such as this, then after the attack comes then everyone leans extremely to the right to prevent it from happening again. But that's what, And then okay, when everyone prevents it from happening again, that's when you start singling out groups and or you try to put in surveillance right. or try to figure out a way to prevent this from happening, in which in many cases, whatever you do come up with wouldn't have prevented it to begin with. Uh, totally, and I have a little bit about the surveillance bit later when we do the 2016 update. That's my point. Surveillance state uh, kind of trying to target people based on, excuse me, whatever profile. Those are right to the right ideas. Yes. I'm not saying necessarily conservative or whatever, but those are those are to the right ideas. Fascism, authoritarianism. Uh, I can't say that word apparently, but but I think you're. This is the thing. Like you're saying, people tend to be moderate. I I I, I would say probably slightly to the right not to the left when something happens that's my point when fear gets entered into the equation when the idea of danger gets into the into the equation they get pulled all the way to the right and then they never quite snaps back not to the left because to get to the left you need to have a period of like relative peace people have to feel pretty comfortable in their lives there's not a lot of unemployment and then they'll go okay what can we do to like make things better but as soon as you drop any kind of problem into the equation, it's like, oh, forget it. It was probably that hippie logic that we were using. But it's like, no, if you just were a- allow it to happen, if you just swing to the left for a while, see where it goes. Yep. Because the other, because you look at like the, the 60s and whatever, that, that was like one of the most powerful times of change in this country when you had people saying, no, not guns. Let's have flowers. Let's, yeah. let's try to use psychedelic drugs to expand our mind and understand our place in the universe. That stuff is all a reaction to like far right and then when bad things happen people are like you see it's the fucking acid droppers and whatever like it's it's never people are never really default society in general is never really defaulting to the left it defaults to the right and you're constantly fighting the tide of of it pushing to the to the right in my opinion so that's just my thoughts about it so how would you prevent that? You, I mean, again, you. Do, I don't necessarily know if you prevent it. I think the longer you can go in times of peace, um, 
in times of more freedom, I think, like in the purest sense of the the phrase, like where you're not surveilling people and like paying attention. I think the longer you can do that and the more people that are have a better quality of life, I think the more likely you are to get people to pay attention to more empathetic, altruistic kind of ideas worldly thinking. When you get a terrorist attack or any kind of like bad thing, you assume that it happened because you were being too relaxed, but that's not necessarily the case. It happens because there are going to be bad people out in the world. And you have to understand that sometimes there's nothing you can do about that. Also, you have to understand that because of some of the shit you're doing, bombing them, invading their countries, it creates an atmosphere for them to grow. Exactly. And that again is a, is a right wing idea to be overbearing kind of authoritative figures where we're going to be like, no, you do it our way. Just because you're trying to push democracy on somebody, which is a noble concept, democracy, Mm -hmm. you're still pushing it on them. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? So if they don't want that to be the way that they govern themselves, so then they're going to rebel against that. There is even the idea to me, I've had, I've had this thought of like, like, if we lived in utopia, there's going to be people that want to rebel against perfection. You know what I mean? The tyranny of be of uh, like beauty. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like there's going to be people that are going to rebel. There's going to be a handful who can't stand the rose. Right. So you're always going to have that no matter what the situation is. But I think the better off people are, the less likely it is that you're going to have people that are going to, you know, want to want to lash out and mm-hmm. whatever. Okay. Anyway, that's just my piece. I wanted to put that out there. It was just a thought I had this week. San Bernardino update. Quick, then we're going to get into the ISIS stuff. Four days ago, ISIS announced on their official radio station that the California shooters were, quote, supporters of theirs, but they did not take responsibility for the attack. All right? Okay. Which is critical to this whole thing. Oh, Shelby, did you put a mark uh, back there? A little bit? Okay. Um Shooters were dating online. This is what's in. Oh, and I'm not saying their names again. No, okay. We're choosing not to do that. Shooters were dating online and were chatting about jihad and martyrdom as early as 2013, according to FBI director James Comey. So these people have kind of had this in their mind. It wasn't something that recently just made them snap. And they were using keywords. I'm assuming. What that, do you mean? Well, what in these, uh, if they're, you, they're using what, online communications? No, I mean, they might have used, I mean, they could have just been in like forums. A lot of this shit takes place in like, you know, fundamentalist forums and different things like oh, that. Okay. So maybe they were just, or they could have been on OKQ, who knows? They could have been on some kind of dating app and they were just talking to each other. Uh, I got a quote from Loretta Lynch. She says, at this point in time, we do not have an indication that these two people were part of a larger cell. We do not have an indication that they were planning specific things beyond this attack, although that information is still evolving. Now, what did we talk about last week? And we usually talk about with this type of stuff. We talked about it with Paris. Stop saying ISIS did it. No, it's two people, it turns out in this case, Mm -hmm. that ISIS is saying, yeah, they supported us, which could have mean they sent the money or whatever. ISIS didn't claim responsibility for this attack. No. These are two people. I mean, obviously, there's two of them, but I'm saying they're a lone wolf style attack. And stop trying to make it a bigger cause than it is. It could be scary that it's these two people because how are you really going to f- catch them, you know, yes. if they're just these randos by themselves. But my point is, how random is this really? It feels like there's more to it. And to me, it seems like it could be it could have been workplace tension, which I think is something that I said last week. It could, this yes. is like workplace violence. I want to read this. Now, before we get into any of it, this guy, Nicholas uh, Thalassinos, okay? He's one of the victims. Yes. 
I'm sorry to his family that he's dead. I'm sorry that he's dead. It should not have happened. And I'm not saying any of this to be like, see, he deserved it. That's not why I'm bringing it up. The reason why I'm going to bring up any of what I'm about to say is because I think it speaks to the idea and it should, if not comforting, it should at least give you some kind of idea that like, not all of this is totally random, okay? Cause and effect. Yeah, that there can be a cause and effect type of thing. Not that somebody deserves it, but that you can go, well, the, to me, that makes sense if you're some kind of radical on one side, you might be interested in this person as a target. That, that's the only reason I'm saying it. This Nicholas Delisanos is one of the victims. He argued at work with the male shooter. Nicholas is a messianic Jew, which is interesting because it combines Judaism and Christianity and a belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Okay. okay? Now, if you're a radical Islamic terrorist, like we've been talking about, that's everything you stand against. Correct. It is literally combining the two other things you hate most, Mm -hmm. right? Or dislike or disagree with and throwing them together. All right. It's a hate sandwich. It's like a, it's a hate sandwich. Jewish evangelical Christian is essentially what I'm calling it. All right. I have a quote from this guy's wife, because this is not something that I'm just making up. This Mm -hmm. Nicholas's wife, Jennifer has to say her husband was quote, anti-Muslim and quote, probably had plenty to say to the male shooter quote i'm sure everybody has seen his facebook page he's very outspoken about islamic terrorism and how he feels about politics in the state of the country thalassinos often posted posted impassioned comments on a range of topics including politics and religion he criticized everyone from barack obama to quote iranian fascists lamented the lack of biblical teachings in schools and declared global global warming a farce now what do you think? You think a guy like that, and you know, God rest him. I'm sorry that he's dead. I'm not saying anything to, to that extent. But do you think a person that that is in that mold, as described by his wife, mm-hmm. might be somebody that would get under the skin of somebody who's kind of a radical Muslim, who who is thinking about potentially killing people? Like, is it yes. totally random, or is that maybe like I fucking hate that guy Nicholas, and I, I you know what? If we're gonna do this, he's on my list. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying, does that seem possible to you? Yes, it does. Okay. But the question becomes, did the couple have several places that they wanted to hit? Were there other influences? One thing I don't understand is how the mother lived upstairs and the couple was able to stockpile 12 bombs and 45,000 rounds of ammunition without her knowing. You never know what people... I mean, I think that's possible. That's always something that people say, like... Well, weren't, wasn't she just like paying attention? You understand that people that do bad things and like tend to like go down bad paths probably don't have the type of love and support that you're assuming they would have. Like, well, wouldn't, wouldn't the mom, when she was hugging them goodnight and like cooking them dinner, have noticed the bond? No, maybe she wasn't involved in their life. 45,000 rounds of ammunition. How, how much? Okay, so. I have you, no idea what that would be. Two even boxes, look like. you put it in the garage. Uh, even if it, right? I mean, how many? I don't know. But, like, I, I imagine that you... It was, I thought it was, like, 5,000 bullets. I don't think it was 45,000. 4,500. Right? Yeah, okay, 4,500. Yeah, it's a box. You keep a box in the closet. You can mark it Christmas. It's got to be a big box. <laughs> I, don't, I doubt the radical, like, Islamic guys is, is marking a box Christmas, Christmas bulbs. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like you can just put it in the closet and, like, call it whatever you want. Again, it's, you know, yeah, I find it believable. I find okay. it believable that they don't know. Uh, people believed Jerry Sandusky's wife that she had no idea what was going on. Right? He's down in the basement boning kids. She doesn't know. She's upstairs. What is she doing? She should have probably noticed. It's possible. If it's possible. Wow. Some... That, is, that, that is a leap from that one end of the spectrum to the other. No, it's not. It's, uh, it's did people notice? Should people have noticed? Okay. Maybe, but 
I think it's also possible that they didn't. I want to just wrap up with this part. There was the, how they were able to get the guns, because this is always what we're talking about, yes. gun reform, all this stuff. There's something called the bullet button loophole. Quote, an exception known as the bullet button loophole allows rifles that would ordinarily be prohibited to be manufactured and sold if they have the button release feature, since their magazines are then considered fixed rather than detachable. The loophole has spawned a cottage industry for gun makers in California, some of whom specialize in special, specially manufacturing assault-style rifles to comply with state law. The shooters tampered with their rifles to make them automatic, which they failed at, but they were mm-hmm. trying to do it, and they were able to carry 30-round magazines. So it's stuff like that. And who do you think, what group is lobbying Congress to get these types of loopholes put in place uh, i'm gonna go with the nra i think you're probably right about that okay and the way that they're able to do that is they pay off politicians who aren't paying attention and think it's not a problem that is not fr- you know uh your right to carry bare arms that's your right to carry a, a a loophole behind a law that's trying to prevent you from having something that could go and create some kind of atrocity we we can balance that out we can say no, not at all. You can't do this at all. Close that loophole. That's not allowed. There's no political will to do that. Uh, so the thinking behind that is you have the gun and you put the button on it so it can only shoot 30 bullets. But if you play with the button, you can just reload any 30 magazine clip into it. Right. That seems like a very stupid uh, move. Well, it's not a stupid. It's not stupid if you're a, a weapons manufacturer and you know that you can sell more of those because it's like, it's yeah, legal. we got the button. It's legal, but it's actually illegal. You know, it's like a, it's like owning a fucking tiger. Like, yeah, you, you shouldn't, but yeah, get that tiger. You're going you know? to. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what, what do you need that for? And most people that are going to get it are probably not going to be a problem with it. But there are people that are like, oh, we could completely exploit this dumb loophole. What the hell would you even for, do with for, it for for gun fetishists? You know, what what the hell? Like you, you, I, I doubt you could even go hunting with it because you probably blow the animal there to hell. Pe- of course, there's people that just yeah, but there's people that don't care about that. A or B, people that are not hunting and they just like to go out in the yard and shoot trees and shit. You know, it's like You're or doing just have some damage to the tree. Great point. Yeah, you're right. Save the forest. Uh, all right, ready to move on to this ISIS propaganda thing because we we do. I feel like we are in a little bit of a rush, and I apologize to the Samsonites if you feel that too take a breath but we are definitely in a rush uh, okay isis propaganda u.s intelligence uh official who's like an isis media expert he says the group is very image conscious much like a corporation its approach to building its brand is so disciplined quote that it's very much like saying this is coca-cola or this is nike very interesting stuff so i read a washington post article on november 20th called if you guys want to read it because i just kind of like synopsize it and we can make a couple of points about it it's called inside the surreal world of the islamic state's propaganda machine all right uh former isis camera guys who are now in prison after they've fled the islamic Mm -hmm. state because it's you know terrible uh were interviewed for this article and they this is these are the types of things that they had to say camera crews are sent out every day all across Iraq and Syria. Cameras, computers, and more arrive from Turkey regularly. Senior media operatives are trained as, quote, emirs, as equal rank to the military leaders of ISIS, which you would think if you're this, like, barbaric group that wants to go conquer lands, you'd think that the military people would be 
the most important people you're dealing with but they're not they're well they are they're important but they're also putting camera people and like media people on the same level which again is all keep all of this in mind when you hear oh isis is doing this isis is isis really good at propaganda yes Yes. it turns out they are they're like nike and coca-cola with how good they are at their advertising that's legit hundreds of videographers videographers and producers and editors most people attached to this group isis exist online which again is how you end up getting these lone wolf style things in Paris and San Bernardino. ISIS is not really doing that anything with them. No, they're just set up and they're people saying, like, go out of their way to find them. Yeah, good job. We'll tweet you. Great. That's not them supporting those people, you know? Uh, prog- listen to this. Programs for new media members last months and teaches them how to quote film mix and get the right voice and tone for the ISIS propaganda. That's no, very important. It's extremely important, and it's very, again, I think we talked about this right when this all started, or, you know, when we started having ISIS kind of, like, in the in the mind. They're like the Nazis. I mean, they're very, that the, the Nazis were great at image yes. and putting out propaganda and all this stuff. And the symbols. Symbol, symbols, yeah, absolutely. This is very, it's similar, to, obviously, they don't have the same scale, but they're trying to do that, and they're effective at it. Videographers, this is very telling. Keep it in mind. Keep it in mind on Christmas Eve when you're having conversations about terrorism. Videographers in ISIS make $700 a month, which is seven times more than the soldiers get paid. Plus, they get paid food, clothes, equipment, a truck so they can drive around, and they're excused from Islamic State taxes. That's what I call winning. Absolutely. It just makes sense to get involved with it. And that's the other aspect of it where we go, they're all barbarians. Well, some of them are barbarians, definitely. But G- some of them are maybe trying to feed their families. Ding, hit the nail on the head, and that's what I'm talking about. You could win this war a lot easier, I think, in, in the long term by just giving people other options. Don't let ISIS be the only option that these people have because what do you want want them to do, right? Yeah. ISIS can, can get hundreds and hundreds of videographers, go out, film, edit, do all this stuff. At least one American is part of the foreign de- foreigner-dominated media division which is interesting that the article points out that's a lot of foreigners not necessarily people from iraq and syria oh, okay there is at least one american and the american is the one that does the editing apparently mm-hmm. i have a couple of quotes from the article that we'll get to in a second there's also something really interesting here they show these videos they set up video screens in different different little cities where obviously they don't have tv and stuff like that so a lot of what they're getting is isis propaganda videos that's like grab the popcorn and let's go watch the isis video kids watch the videos they don't look away from the violence, the article says, they, because to them it's just on a TV and that's like what's normal. And they started to dress like Jihadi John. They'd wear like the black, you know, face mask and like the yeah, belt. Yeah, because and kids imitate. Of course. Highest form of flattery. A- absolutely. The same way kids want to wear Ninja Turtle, you know, PJs. These kids are wearing Jihadi John outfits because that's like the person that, the, and that's what I'm talking about. That's the battle that we need to be fighting. Don't let people children that don't have a lot see this stuff and think like that's what i need to be like we need to be countering this in a much smarter way education allowing them to even have access to the internet and different things that can just broaden their perspective just a little bit that's what we should be doing and that's what we've been talking about all along i think we're right about that and this type of stuff really backs up what i'm saying this is a quote from the article and then we can uh, move on to the 2016 update 
In a comprehensive exam, this is from the article. In a comprehensive examination of the terrorist group's media releases in the summer, Charlie Winter, until recently an analyst at the Quilliam Group in the United Kingdom, identified 1,146 distinct pieces of propaganda, including photos, videos, and audio releases during a single month-long stretch. That's busy. Almost 1,200 different things that they put out. Shelby only gets out like one or two pieces here at Stand Up New York Labs. I mean, granted, he's working by, you know, mostly by himself on that stuff, but this is amazing. Almost 1,200. It's kind of impressive, right, Shelby? They're making me look like shit right now. Absolutely. You should be embarrassed. I I feel for you. Uh, Winter counted as many as 36 separate media offices that answer to the Different media offices that answer to the Islamic State's headquarters in Raqqa, uh, including affiliates in Libya, Afghanistan, and West Africa, and saw evidence of extraordinary coordination across the network. At one point during his study on July 19th, he noticed that every affiliate, every affiliate, mm-hmm. think about that, okay? These are people that we, we're we assuming that they're spending most of their time blowing shit up or cutting heads off or siphoning oil or doing whatever, doing planning something. attacks. This is what they're doing. Really, this is what they're doing because they know that if they put out enough Coca-Cola commercials, people are going to start drinking Coca-Cola. That's just how it works. They're learning from us. Yes. They've learned from a corporate-dominated advertising culture in the United States. Bad news, guys. The only thing that we exported from the West was advertising, not democracy. Okay? Yes. That's, that's the big – whoops. That's the big problem. They realized that simultaneously – all of them shifted to a new logo with the same stylized Arabic script. The icon, ap- icon appeared in the same location on every image and in the initial frame of every video release. Like that. Yes. They designed it and they were like, and go with that new logo. Amazing. It's a calling card. It's marketing. It's, it's perfect. It's very smart. Everything we put out is going to have this stamp on it so you know when you Who see. it is. Right. And they, the article also points out that this is, a, this is a very conscious, obviously, but they're doing it to differentiate themselves between groups like Al-Qaeda and other kind of terrorist groups that have been known to have like those like cave-looking videos with like one steady shot. No, they want this shit to be very theatrical and very uh, fun for people that don't have any other entertainment to watch and kind of absorb yes. it. It becomes a thing. And you, you become amused immu- uh, by the... Uh, Im- by immersed? The, yes, yeah. immersed in the video. And then when you have lone wolves out there or right. couples, they go out and do certain things and you automatically get to throw your support behind them. Absolutely. And you, all you have to do is be like, yeah, they watch the videos. Yeah, or whatever. You don't have to say anything. You just go, yeah, they supported us, sure. Mm-hmm. Or you take credit for it if you want to. There was clearly a communique issued, Winter said in an interview. The Islamic State is constantly striving to be formalized, as bureaucratic seeming as possible, to keep up the appearance of being a state. Right. Keep up the yes. appearance of being a state. The article finishes with like, guys leave because they get disillusioned. They see these videos. It looks beautiful. It looks like there's a lot going on. There's plentiful food and whatever but and it's then, not really yeah like and then that. the reality turns out to be something else let me just say this i wasn't planning on getting into like this whole part of it but w- what's really fascinating is like the beheading videos people go they look fake you know there was some talk in some of them where it's like how come they cut here and did this they have 15 people filming when that stuff goes down then the the executioner like say you have jihadi john in the video he's not running the show there that's not no. that is all carefully orchestrated there's a guy there a director who has cue cards and he's saying no no no, no. pull the knife up a little higher do this they're doing multiple takes of this shit at the same which time. is 
my, crazy, but that's why some of the videos look like they're fake or there was a cut here because there was a cut there. They were like, no, we don't like that shot. We like yeah, we're going to do it again. Yeah, they, so they're actually, they are actually cutting people's heads off, but they're doing it in the absolute most the- theatrical way possible. Yes, they have to make sure it's in the frame. Yeah, totally. I mean, you're making it kind of a joke, but right. But they actually, that is part of the article. I urge you guys to check out the article. Again, it's inside the surreal world of the Islamic State's propaganda machine. Very interesting. I mean, really interesting stuff. Um, final thoughts on that, Joey? It's a huge issue. How does it relate to what we are always talking about with the response to this stuff? Like, if you, you hear that and you understand that, like, they're crafting an image, how do you relate that to dropping bombs on them and different types of responses. Well, you can't. That's the problem. (laughs) You, you, you can't solve this issue by, by, well, in some cases you can, because they, they just released that they got somebody else, the, the head finance guy, I believe. Sure. And that's one guy, right? Yes. The problem is while that might affect their day to day operations in terms of oil or, another actual attack the problem is you're not impeding their ability to put out these videos and get their message out the message is the fucking problem yeah of course if they show up in your town and kill 10 people that's a problem and that's a problem that you know should be dealt with and we should be paying attention to however the bigger problem is that they're in your town every day with twitter videos and shit that they're posting in forums Mm -hmm. that's the fucking problem you have to stop the ideology from growing not from more people necessarily, because you'll stop people from joining if you can stop the propaganda from being out coming there. out. Yes, right. and f- and make it so the message that these people are getting doesn't resonate because they were able to read and learn. And so here's a question stuff. for you: Do you think if you had anti videos that would help, or you think that's going like, to make it worse because it causes tension, like counter propaganda? Yes, counter propaganda. Um, th- I think there's something to that. Maybe I mean this. We, we joked, we laughed at like Cory Booker and whatever, and they were like, "We need more memes to go against." Yes. Us. But they're doing, they're making means and it's succeeding. Right. The maybe, maybe to a small extent. I think the bigger picture is it's not because, again, like a lot of these guys in the article are talking about, they become disillusioned. They go there, they see what's actually happening. They're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. The reality is always going to trump propaganda eventually. You understand what I'm saying? Like the Wizard of Oz, like he's so wonderful, the great and powerful Oz. And they're like, oh no, but it's just like a little guy behind the curtain. The, re- the thing is, if you can get people covertly or start showing tangible things in places where the I- ISIS has a stronghold or people where they might be vulnerable to being manipulated. Where by things ISIS, don't add up yeah, and they get Let's up. make physical infrastructure changes there. They, it's going Instead of spending millions of dollars on bombs, build a library. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. puts – and obviously, of course, this should all be being done in the United States as well for people here – yeah, I'm not, but I'm just saying, you know, put it in a, in a bubble. Like, you need to actually make stuff happen there because then when they're being told, when kids are dressed like Jihadi John and they're being told, like, the West is the worst and the Americans are blah, 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 they can go to their actual experience and be like, yeah, but that that one time they came and, like, put a well in my town you know yes. what i mean or whatever it is like then you could that's how you you counter propaganda sure you can maybe do it with like a little a, a fucking american flag vine video once in a while but it's actual no he did something for me that's the same argument i think with with politics too hillary clinton's going to be the president probably because she has a ton of money and she has the ability to put out a billion ads and things like that but mm-hmm. people like bernie sanders uh 
you know, and other people who have resonated over over the course. Not Obama, to a certain extent, when he first started. The reason why he was able to resonate, you know, uh, resonate with people, yes, yeah, because he actually did stuff for people. So there was a base of people that were out there that already knew who Barack Obama was. They go, no, he did this, this, and this, and they could point to that. And then as you get to the larger scale, there's still a tangible thing that he did. Yeah, there's steps that he followed. There's right. progression. Yeah, in real life, not just in a video. Right, in a video. All right. So anyway, that's really interesting stuff. We got about 10, 15 minutes. So let's get to the uh, 2016 presidential update. Hillary Clinton. I'm not going to get crazy into this, but I'm just going to point it out there. If you guys want to look into it, I'm just bringing it to your attention. You can read in, read up on it. And if you have questions about it or something, email me or you have a comment. Hillary Clinton proposed an exit tax quote on corporations like Pfizer that move their headquarters overseas to avoid taxes. I love that. And I'm, it's not going to stick. No, I think it'll stick. Uh, Again, is Hillary Clinton the ideal person to be targeting Wall Street? No, because she's going to get a lot of money from Wall Street, and she's somewhat beholden to them. See, because the exit tax, too, in in a sense, says, you know what? We're going to let you do it anyway. Yes. But there's a slap on the wrist. Well, yes, absolutely. It's the same idea as a carbon tax, where that's a thing that I think Democrats are are on board, board with. Bernie Sanders put out a plan for a carbon tax. It's better than not having a carbon tax, but it's also just saying, like, look, if you're going to destroy the planet, you owe us money. Yeah, well, guess Keep what? it at this level. Yeah, guess what? If the planet's destroyed, that money is fuck. It's paper. Use it to wipe your ass because it's not going to do anything. Uh, otherwise, you're using poison sumac. Uh, anyway, the exit tax idea is is a good one, I think. But I, I'm I'm much more hardline on stuff like that. If you want to operate in the United States, but then have your mailing address in Ireland, so you pay less taxes, get you don't get to sell your products in the United States anymore. That's how I feel. I'm not an isolationist necessarily militarily, although I think obviously you got to be very careful about what you intervene in. I'm sort of an isolationist as far as, as corporations are concerned and business is concerned. Yeah, you can import stuff. That's fine. But we're going to tax you. Yeah, and if you want to be headquartered in the United States and reap the benefits of everything that goes on here and, and sell your products to people here, then pay the workers in the United States that money and sell your products here. Otherwise... Fine, if you if you love Ireland so much or you love Canada so Burger King buys Tim Hortons so they can pay less taxes, then go sell Burger King in Canada, but you're not coming back to the United States until you relocate all your shit here. That's how I feel. Hi, my name is Chris Flannery, and I'm running for Chris, president. Uh, Chris, question for you. Sure. What happens if all the uh, corporations leave? Mm-hmm. I, that's always the argument. They're not going to do that. And guess what? Small business will flourish then. Then guess what? You're not going to have a 1,000 Burger Kings. You'll have... 10,000 uh, Joey Noe burgers and Shelby's, uh, you know, Shake Shack or whatever. You're going to have other shit pop up. That's the free market. If you get the giants out of the market, then you have give other people more opportunity. There's always going to be business. And I don't accept the fact that these people are just going to stop. Oh, really? They're going to stop selling their product? No. You pay the fucking taxes and you live with the billion dollars you made, not the $1.7 billion you made. That's how I feel about it. And maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel about it. All right. Presidential candidates on both sides called for more and bulked up government surveillance programs post San Bernardino. Yeah, shooting. like that's going to help. Hillary Clinton, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook should take down postings. She thinks that's that is where that should end up going when they see like propaganda or anything. Nope, take it down. Slippery slope, obviously. Bush monitoring of people in the United States he thinks is necessary. We know where they are. We need to pay attention. Okay, great. That's but illegal. how many times have you heard of people being on the lists? And still getting away with stuff. 
How come the Republicans in Congress voted against the thing to allow uh, people who are on a terrorist watch list to get guns? They did. Yeah, they that makes no sense. If you're already on a watch list and you can't fly, right? You can't fly. You can't get in on an airplane. Yeah, but you. So need how a can gun. you go buy a gun? Well, you. Pro- I mean, look. If you're on a watch list, you probably need protection. <laughs> uh, Marco Rubio, metadata collection restrictions are bad. He says everything that's happened since Snowden is Obama's fault, and that we're not being able to catch these people because we're not taking in enough metadata. Great. Kasich and Clinton both say that there should be a public-private encryption circumvention system where if the government needs to get some encrypted information from Google, they should just be able to go in and get it. This That's is, a slippery slope. This is the same shit you heard after 9-11. It's the same shit. And this is what I'm talking about. Hillary Clinton's, according to people on the right, a fucking bleeding heart liberal. Is she, though? Because when stuff like this happens, she runs right to the right. We need more surveillance. We need less encryption. Uh, companies uh, should be beholden to the government's whim. Like, that's right wing shit. That's fascist shit. It would be interesting if if uh, if Bernie or somebody went more to the left after this. Well, I mean, Bernie is probably as far to the left as as possible. Although, you know, only, only you never know. That's the thing when you get into office and you have to actually yeah, do stuff. It all sounds good, but who knows. Donald Trump now. We're not going to get too crazy into this because, I, again, like I'm sick of hearing about him. He's a monster, right? He's a guy that's putting out these terrible ideas. He's not realistically going to be the president. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, but I think, obviously, it's been in the, the zeitgeist, and, and I think it's we have to talk a little bit about it. I'm going to play this Trump clip. It's two minutes and nine seconds. This is pretty much what he's been talking about this week, and this is pretty much what the um, – The hate speech? Yeah, I mean, this is what people have been talking about. And then I have a Fox News clip, and then we can just wrap up. But this, okay. this is this is uh, this is Donald Trump talking about Muslims and, and different things. Statement: <laughs> Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on. We have no choice. We have no choice. Yes, we have no choice. Mr. Trump stated, without looking at the various polling data, it's obvious to anybody the hatred is beyond comprehension. Meanwhile, can, by the way, can I, you hear Trump's voice? Mm-hmm. This guy's been going hard lately. He's screaming a lot, doing he a lot has of shit. To. He's going to break He's down. He's falling apart. He's not going to break down. Portion where the hatred comes from, and why we will have to determine. We're going to have to figure it out. We have to figure it out. We can't But live- tell us now. Stop saying we got to figure it out. What are you going to do? Fig- say it now. What, are we just going to vote for you and be like, well, he's, yes. he's thinking about it. Yes. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. He gets eight years to think about it. Like this. It's going to get worse and worse. You're going to have more World Trade Centers. <laughs> it's going to get worse and worse, folks. Is it, We Donald? can be politically correct and we can be stupid, but it's going to get worse and worse. Folks, those days are over. Those days are over. We have to be tough. We have to be smart. Oh, somebody in the background. That's right. You know what? You know that tough is I not believe, a policy, right? I, I believe he blew out his voice on purpose for this. Just to be a little more dramatic. Like, yes. I'm in the shit. Yeah, he thought about Listen, it. Listen, folks, the Muslims, they stole my vocal cords. <laughs> We have to be with the Mexicans. Yes, we have to look at mosques and we have to respect mosques. 
But yes, we have to look at mosques. We okay. have no choice. We have <laughs> sure. to see what's happening. Because something is happening in there. Man, there's ah. anger. There's anger. Yeah, at people like you <laughs> who get really mad about everything and just are a blowhard that just screams about uh, immigration and, and religion. Like, you're part of the problem, buddy. Right? Like the, yes. he, But he doesn't get that. That's the thing. That's what I'm talking about. He's immune. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see if he's immune. He's not going to... Okay. And we have to know about it. We can't be these people that are sitting back like, like in the World Trade Center, like so many different things. What is he talking? We have not been attacked since then. I don't know. He just keeps on saying World Trade Center for a reason. Yeah, 9-11, 9-11, so many things. We need to look at it. Tough. That's his whole policy. We can't be people that knew what was going on two weeks ago in California. Probably for months they knew what was going on, and they didn't want to tell anybody. We can't be that. <laughs> That's right. We have to be strong. <laughs> Fucking idiot. When idiots. we see violations, you have to report those violations and quickly. See something, Pause say it. something Just, is what Donald Trump is saying there. Gotcha. That has been a motto for years. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. And you never hear about the cases where it actually worked. Of course. Well, and here's the other thing. Trump is just... Spe- he, this is why it's working, because he's saying stuff that the average low-information person has heard on the news in, like, snippets or whatever. And they, oh, So he's just soundbiting. He's soundbiting it back to them, and they're going, that's true, because I heard that once. Okay. You Don't worry about profiling. I promise I will defend you from profiling. I promise. Yeah, that's great. That see, that's the danger shit. Like, yeah, put that out there. Like, don't worry about it. If you shoot a Muslim, I'll, I'll, as president, I'll pardon you. Like, what's he saying? Great. Safely slope. Listen, we got to hurry up here. I'm gonna play this Fox News clip. This one, <laughs> this one drives me bananas. And then we'll we'll wrap it up. Okay. Right? Hold on, I gotta get. So to there the he is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until <laughs> our nation's leaders can figure out what to do about the problem. And sure. they're squirming, they're trying to figure out how to respond. The more heat he takes from all sides, the more his fans are going to love him. Well, so, some will, but some will also question, why don't we just fix the actual uh, system right. in place? And why don't we have a leader in place that would actually make us feel safe about terrorists so we didn't have to go to the extremes and saying, you, you believe this? Well, you're not coming into our country. I think yep. a lot of people believe this country is, is about more than that. And the terrorists want us to be not the way that we have been. Elizabeth, that's- that's a great point because what wait what point was what? that wait, that was so great she, she wants to have a test I, i'm confused on what she no, wants she's to saying do. that because obama doesn't make us feel safe that's the only reason that ideas like trump's have to be out there because he's leaving us no other options than to oh. start thinking about stuff like that like that's not a great point that's an I- imbecile's point again it's very easy to go we need to do more what what do you want to do, Elizabeth? What is your plan? We Should we go kill? Do you think, honestly, in your heart, that if Obama knew tomorrow he could kill ISIS by doing X, Y, and Z, he wouldn't, he do, wouldn't do X, Y, and Z? There are people that think that, where they go, he's anti-American, and he's not this and not that. Fuck off. That's not true. Con. If he could solve the greatest foreign policy problem, like other than Israel and Palestine, if he could eliminate ISIS right now, do you don't think that would look good? It would look incredible. I think people saw the speech Sunday and they said, wait a second, who's got our back? Uh, Obama's address on Sunday, which I watched, by the way. Okay. Spend most of the speech saying what we're not going to do to fight them and what we shouldn't when they're here. And we say, wait a second. 
Uh, they just killed 14 people. The, these two just killed 14 people and wounded 21. We didn't even have them on the radar, it doesn't seem. So we're wondering who's, who's worrying about us. Right. And when Donald Trump comes out with something that seems extreme, then people... No, it is extreme. It no, doesn't seem extreme. extreme. The other thing, it's like... Whatever they killed fourteen people. Who well, also, they uh, again? This is what I'm talking about. Well, also the other issue with this is okay. The other issue with this is the fact that they're using they're taking snippets from what Obama's talking about not doing, which is in the best public interest, oh, and using it against them. Yeah, and in large part, the reason why he he can't do anything militarily, even if he wanted to, is because of the last Republican president who created two gigantic boondoggle invasions that is just not palatable for people to go in now with a large amount of troops to do any kind of thing over there. Well, say, so, okay, at least I could say he's looking out for you. Yeah, at least Trump is looking out for I mean, yeah, he wants to shut down all the mosques, let no Muslims in, round people up, surveil mm -hmm. them, do all this stuff. But listen, he's got our best interest in heart, never mind the fact that Muslims are Americans and they are entitled to the same freedom that all of us are regardless of whether people that also claim Islam are terrorists or not. You can cherry pick. Yeah, you can do whatever you want if you're not really running for president and you're just a simpleton. And then you're going to have this, these three couch potatoes sit there and just talk nonsense for an hour on national television. Smart He's going that. too far. Even Dick Cheney came out on the UU show yeah. yesterday and said, that's not our policy. Yeah. I, I would add... <laughs> okay, so wait, actually... I, I'm he just pretty sure that their show is three hours long, isn't uh, it? I, I mean, they're just on constantly. I do have the Dick Cheney quote. Let's close with the Dick Cheney quote. Okay. When Dick Cheney thinks that your policies are crazy... Your policies are crazy because Dick Cheney, most of his foreign policy was like blowing up Muslims and torturing people in the Middle mm -hmm. East. That was his foreign policy for eight years. This is Cheney. He was on the UU show on Donald Trump's Muslim comments. He goes, well, well, I think this whole no, I think this whole notion that somehow we need to say no more Muslims and just ban a whole religion goes against everything we stand for and believe in. I mean, religious freedom has been a very important part of our, our history. Yeah. That sounded very, uh, very liberal. Well, yeah, of course. Well, I mean, <laughs> compared to what Trump is saying, yeah, of course, everything sounds liberal. Um, all right. Yeah, you know what? I had a, a John Stewart clip on The Daily Show. Him, uh, He just came out very strongly and said that Mitch McConnell does not give a shit about anything but politics, which is like yeah, a pretty strong true. statement about the uh, first responders to the 9-11 bill that they're trying to pass, which is a big uh, thing of John Stewart's. And then I have the UFC 194 preview. We're not going to get to that. Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo, I think... It's possible McGregor wins. I think it's foolish to think that Aldo loses that fight, though. He's the undefeated only featherweight champion in the history of the United, uh, United States, the UFC. Mm -hmm. Undefeated for like 10 years. And I think if Conor McGregor wasn't as great as he is at talking and like being out there in the public eye, and make no mistake, he's looked great in all his fights. If he wasn't that type of talker, I think people, I think Aldo would be like a runaway um, favorite. favorite. But we'll see what happens. And also Chris Weidman, Luke Rockhold. Heart of Hearts, Weidman wins. I'm a big Luke Rockhold fan, and I think that he uh, has the tools to beat Weidman. Whether he does remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. All right. Joey, uh, next week is a GOP debate on Tuesday. Okay. So the next episode will largely be a recap of that debate, which should be a doozy because of all this stuff that's been going on this week. We'll see how they're going to choose to go after Trump. If they go after Trump, who else is going to say stuff crazy to try to sound tough? Uh, uh -huh. Should be an interesting one. And then, you know, maybe if we have a couple of stories here and there, we'll, uh, we'll get to the it. only one who outdoes Trump is Trump. Remember that. Trump is going to Trump. Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. All right. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the show. We love you guys a lot. I love uh, all the snaps and all the feedback and 
tweets and support and everything. It's it's really awesome. Uh, so we really appreciate it. We thank you. Shelby, thank you so much, sir, for uh, producing the show. Guys, you can go to new thing here. You can go to Comedy Voices, ComedyVoices.com, and you can find um, you know our re- recent episodes, any of the other shows that are on the network. Uh, you can listen to shows on there. So that's a cool place that you can go and check it out. Um, you know, Let me know how you like that if you go to check it out. The most recent show to upload a show if that you understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. so like if we upload right now, we'll be the top podcast on the page. If uh, Invasion of Privacy comes in or We Know Nothing, which is coming in next, if they upload a show, they'll be the top show on the page. So it just gives you an idea of what we have on the network, and you, you know maybe you can um, check out some other stuff if you haven't heard it. Still go to soundcloudcom samson You can uh, subscribe, follow us on there, leave a comment on the track. I always like re- responding to those. YouTube.com/slash/MandatorySampson. You can watch this podcast stream live every Thursday, 4 p.m. There's a link on there. I think it's called Live Stream Link. Pretty easy. You can just watch it. Uh, and you can also watch full episode videos. I put them up pretty much the same night that we record, uh, or at least the next day. Check it out. You can leave comments on there. Email us mandatorysampson at gmail.com twitter i'm at man sam joey is at joey from jersey jersey of course is spelled with a z snapchat same thing man sam joey from jersey and listen you know i go on itunes i never ask you guys to do this if you feel like it it's the holiday season go on itunes rate and subscribe uh to us on itunes if you like and maybe leave a comment leave a nice review uh if you enjoy the program if you don't feel like it don't worry about it but that would be nice right yes good little treat Um, All right. Once again, thank you guys for all the support. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next week.